And just one of the things that I felt as I was uh, maybe going to share today, maybe not. Um, I wish I'd brought my visual aid, but I didn't. Um, we were sitting in the house, and of course, you're coming to Christmas time. It's time to put all the, the ornaments away and bring out the Christmas decorations. And uh, just at the side of our fireplace, there's a, a kind of really sort of heavy uh, cast iron candlestick with a candle. There was a candle sitting on top of it. And I, I kept meaning to light this candle, and never did. So it's been sitting in our house, in our living room for months. And when it came time to put that away for the Christmas decorations to come out, I realized as I looked in it, there was nothing inside the candle. It was empty. I looked in and I thought, I can, I can, there's not even a wick to light that candle. And it, it just struck me that so often it's so easy to become like that candle. We might look okay on the outside, you know, we've, we've been used by God maybe, uh, we've got the look of a Christian, we've, we've got the look of having been used, but actually inside there's no content. And I just felt as you were sharing, Louise, that just to, to kind of bring that image, that picture of the candle, uh, I'll, put it in, I'll take a picture of it and put it on Facebook for you to see it. But just to, to bear in mind that if you are in that place, if you have been putting on a good show and, and, and kind of like it's all about appearance, God actually is not condemning you. God wants to come and to fill you and to put something into you that means it's not just about show, there is something on the inside that's rising up and that wants to uh, be a light and be a witness for Him and to be something that is useful in His hands. So it's not a message of condemnation, it's a message of God wants to come and do this and what He expects of us is just to put out our hands and to receive from Him and to receive into our lives all that He has for us. Because God wants to pour things into our lives all the time. Sometimes we're the barrier. I'm just aware of time and I need to get into my message. But if that resonates with you, please take that on board. Take notes, write things down because our memories will uh, fade as time goes on. As 2019 drew us to a close, there was a key message that came through in the interpretation of three from memory, uh, messages in tongues. And that was that God is looking for faith in His house. I felt God highlighted that in the opening message of a Leaders' Day in Aberdeen on the 2nd of November 2019. I went there expecting to hear from God, and He spoke about faith. You also uh, may remember the word about the eagle and how the eagle grounded is no longer a threat. We thought about how we are designed to be like the eagle as Christians, to fly and to soar, but the eagle grounded is no longer a threat. Christians who have been knocked down and knocked out of the game cease to be a threat to the enemy, like that candle. But God wants you to soar. As we opened up the book of Ephesians on the 9th of September 2019, I really believe that the Holy Spirit got hold of me that day and I shared and most people responded. But it's one thing to stand in response in a service, it's quite another to respond in the day-to-day. The real test of our hearts as we respond to God is how we use our resources, our time, what we put into our diary, our energy, and how we decide to use it. Because who knows, for each of us, our energy is limited. Our time is limited. 
our finances and how we decide to spend them, and all of our resources, whether or not they are available to God to use. What do you have in your hand, and is it freely offered to God? Everything that you are, everything that you have is a blessing from God. You are blessed to be a blessing. Is what you have in your hand available to God? I also shared last year that God is leading us into a new season and a message on the 27th of October, 2019. I shared something of my personal journey and let me read it again. I was sitting praying and writing down my prayers a couple of weeks ago. So that would have been in September. All sorts of prayers, personal, family, church people, and so on. I was not thinking about the word I have just shared with you at the time. And one of my prayers was, when will we enter a season change? Do we need to do anything in brackets obedience in order to be ready to get there? And later that morning, I read an email from a website called Explore God, which I have used a lot in the school's work, that website, resources from it, but I don't normally read the emails they send out, but I did this day. Simply, what I felt God was saying to me that day, God wants you to know that it wasn't a mistake, you didn't miss the mark, but it's time for a new season. This isn't just a new year and a new decade, it's a time for a new season in God. And I feel God is leading us to a place and a time of prayer into His presence and to come to His feet to seek Him in this new season. We simply cannot, let me repeat it, cannot, it's in bold capital letters in my notes, adopt a business-as-usual approach as we launch into 2020. This is not business-as-usual. And I'll explain why. Not only do we stand on the edge of a new year, we stand on the edge of a new decade. And some might be tempted to think that when we pray at the start of the year, that everything will just unfold and happen. Not so. There's always opposition. But I feel as a church that we need to really break through. I've missed a page of my notes. Where did it go? Sorry. It's printed them double-sided. There you go. Thank you for that. It's not only printed them double-sided, it's printed them upside down. It's going to be a nightmare. There's a process of years ahead of us as we dig into what God wants for us as a church. And there are undoubtedly challenges ahead. There is a process of shaping and molding, as Jeanette shared in her message on 20th of October 2019, a process of shaping and molding. And we each need the hand of God in our lives, and we each need the presence of the Holy Spirit. The water represents the Holy Spirit. If you imagine the potter, he's got that pot in his hands. The thumbs are going in, and when the thumbs go in, oh my goodness, do you feel it? But do you feel yourself getting shaped into something that God wants to use? And I want to share vision with this church, but can I say respectfully that we're not ready to hear vision at the moment? It's not the right time. And I'll share in a future message soon why I think I can say that with such confidence. 
but we need to come before God in prayer. I mentioned two or three times at the close of the year last year that man's extremity is God's opportunity. When we get to the end of ourselves, that is time when God can step in and God gets the glory for what He's doing in our lives. And as I was praying at the tail end of last year, as you know, coming into the autumn and as the year started to draw to a close, I really felt what God was saying was at the start of this year, we need to focus time on prayer. And as I thought about that, I just prayed, well, how does that look? And I really felt that God led me into uh, this whole thing of 21 days of prayer. If you're wondering what that looks like, I'm going to give you one of these out at the end. I didn't want to give you at the start because you would read the notes and be distracted, okay? But you need to get one of these at the end, okay? And I'll ask Trevor and Laura uh, to maybe come and hand them out towards the end. Time is marching on and is of the essence. There are other churches and organizations that are gathering for prayer over the beginning of this year. And it seems that the Holy Spirit is directing the church, not just this church, but the church, to pray. For example, Mary and I are attending a national prayer gathering on the 14th and 15th of January, which also includes fasting. The 5th of February is a national day of prayer for Assemblies of God, the denomination that we belong to. But unrelated to those things, in my times with the Lord, I've had this growing sense of urgency for a church to devote time to prayer with fasting. We simply cannot adopt a business-as-usual approach as we launch into 21 days of prayer, into 2020. Why 21? There's a good question. Why 21 days of prayer with fasting? I'm not asking people to fast for 21 days. That would be tricky. Don't know if I could do that. But 21 is a number that I associate with breakthrough. And I'll try to explain why. We've been about breakthrough in this church, in this church. And I feel that God has spoken about breakthrough in this church. But what is a breakthrough? That might sound like a really obvious question, and maybe it is. But if you're struggling because you've not got any money, and you pray to God for a breakthrough, when you receive the answer to that prayer, when you get money in your account, you receive the answer, and you receive the financial breakthrough that you've been looking for. When you have any ongoing issue, whether it's health, relational, emotional, spiritual, a job issue, and you seek God for the answer, the breakthrough is when God comes and moves in that situation. I experienced this when I was in Mitsubishi. I felt I was called into Mitsubishi uh, many, many years ago. And in this situation, I was praying, Lord, you have called me here, but I can't keep doing the things I'm doing in this job. If you want me to stay here, then something needs to change. I was praying for a breakthrough, but I surrendered my will to his and said, you called me here, if you want me to stay here, I'll be obedient to you, even if things don't change. The breakthrough came within two weeks when one of my bosses came and said to me, would you like to take a sidestep into the drawing office, which I did 
and found myself in a place for four years where I flourished in the things that God had for me there. And I feel as a church, there are areas that we need to break through in. What are some of those areas? I'll mention a few. I think seeing people one for Christ, seeing people set free to grow in Christ, seeing the prodigals return not only to faith, but to the church. If this church were all of a sudden to be filled with the prodigals, those who'd been part of this church who have drifted off in faith, we would need a building three times the size just with the prodigals returning. And I feel we need a breakthrough. We need to see a breakthrough in the miraculous power of God at work. We thank Him for His blessings. We thank Him for what He's doing. But I think we need a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough to see the power of God at work in healing. 21 days is a number that I associate with breakthrough. And here's why. Daniel fasted for 21 days, at the end of which there was a literal breakthrough. He had an encounter with an angel. And in the passage we're just about to read, the angel recognizes that Daniel had inquired of God, had fasted, and had prayed. Listen to this, Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 to 3. Not even opened up the Bible yet. Let me read this. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until three weeks were over. Twenty-one days. And at the end of 21 days, along came the angel. This is what it says in Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 through to 14. Then he, the angel that is, continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding, to inquire of God, and to humble yourself, to fast before your God, your words, his prayers, were heard, and I have come in response to them. Daniel set his face to inquire of God, just what we were talking about this morning. Daniel set his face towards God. He inquired of God. He humbled himself through fasting, and you read about that in this passage. Daniel fasted in many different ways. This one was very specific, and he prayed to God, and the angel was sent to answer his prayer. Of the Persian kingdom, resist. get to verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me how many days? 21 days. The prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. This is a demonic spirit that is resisting the angel. Who of you thinks that you could resist an angel and actually do something to prove that you're hard enough to come against an angel? I couldn't. I think if I met an angel, I'd be on my face, petrified, scared. This isn't a person, this king. This is a demonic spirit who has opposed the angel who's come to give the message to Daniel. Listen to what it says. Then Michael, the archangel, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Here is an angel who's coming at God's command in response to Daniel's prayer and is detained because there is spiritual warfare in heaven. 
Then the angel goes on to say in verse 14, Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. 21 days is a time that I associate with breakthrough. Do you know, sometimes we need to be reminded that our enemy is a spiritual enemy. Do we need to be reminded that the spiritual forces of wickedness in our world work destruction? Do we need to be reminded? Or can we see it every day we turn on our televisions? Need we be reminded that the spiritual forces of wickedness hate the church? The church is God's idea. Jesus started the church. This is His plan A. You're it. Plan A. We are it. The church is it. And the enemy hates the church. Do we need to be reminded that sometimes the spiritual forces of wickedness work through us in the church? Sadly, they do. We allow ourselves to be open to demonic spirits, to be influenced, and the enemy can work through Ephesians chapter 6. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, even though how to turn my notes, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The angel talks to Daniel about such a ruler, the prince of the Persian kingdom. No man can resist an angel. This is a spiritual force. It's demonic opposition. For 21 days, Daniel fasted and sought God. For 21 days, there was opposition in the heavenly realms. After 21 days, there was a breakthrough. For 21 days, we will seek God and we will fast and we will pray. This is why I associate 21 days with breakthrough. This is why I encourage us to pray. And we'll learn something along the way about the importance of consistency and perseverance. Why do we fast? I've got five minutes to explain why we fast. Well, the context of the passage that I'm about to read is the dedication of the temple. David wanted to build, King David wanted to build a temple. He gathered all the materials. He really, really, really wanted to build something for God. But God said, I don't want you to do it. I want your son Solomon to do it. Solomon built the temple, and then he dedicated the temple to the Lord. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 12 to 16, this is what we read. God is saying to Solomon, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, what does verse 14 say? It says, if my people, if my people. We have a choice. We have a choice when everything seems to be going wrong around about us. We have a choice. We always have a choice. God never forces Himself upon us. We have a choice. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Our land 
needs the healing power of God. This community needs the healing power of God. West Lothian needs the healing power of God. And may I just add something in here? I think there may be a spiritual force over West Lothian that is stopping God's blessing from coming. This area has never seen a revival. It has never seen the presence of God the way that other areas have, even around us, even close to here. When revival comes and when revival happens, it changes things not just for that time, but it changes it for generations to come. There's a little holy corner up in the northeast of Scotland where Fraserburgh and Peterhead and all these places are. That area experienced a revival and things have come out of that area that are still coming out of that area as a result of what God did there in revival. West Lothian has never experienced that. And I think there's a spiritual force over this area that we need to pray into and we need to see a breakthrough in. Not just, that's not just for our church, by the way. That's for the churches in this area. There's a spiritual force that we need to pray into and we need to see the deliverance. But it starts when we humble ourselves, when we fast, when we come with a right heart before God. I've got two minutes left to share about fasting. Let me just give you one example. Where am I? I'll give you one example. It's the story of Esther. And in the story of Esther, I don't know if you remember this, the whole Jewish nation is facing genocide at the hand of a man called Haman. And this despicable, despicable man, let, let me say, read to you Esther chapter 3, verses 8 to 9. <coughs> Excuse me. He, this man Haman, approached King Xerxes and said, there is a certain race of people scattered throughout all the provinces of your empire who keep themselves separate from everyone else. Their laws are different from those of any other people and they refuse to obey the laws of the king. So it is not, is it not the king's, is it not, so it is not in the king's interest, uh, it is not in the king's interest to let them live. If it pleases the king, issue a decree that they be destroyed, and I will give the, I will give the king 10,000 large sacks of silver to the government administrators to be deposited in the royal treasury. Here's a man who's proposing genocide for a whole people group. Imagine that that was somebody declaring that over the church today. Can you imagine that? It's happening in other parts of the world. Not happening here. And it goes on to say in Esther chapter 4, verses 1 through to 4, when Mordecai learned about all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on burlap, which is sackcloth, and ashes, and went out into the city crying with a loud and bitter wail. He went as far as the gate of the palace, for no one was allowed to enter the palace gate while wearing clothes of mourning. And as, he, uh, as news of the king's decree reached all the provinces, there was great mourning among the Jews. They fasted, wept, and wailed, and many people lay in sackcloth and ashes. And when Queen Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was deeply distressed. In each of the occasions where you read about people fasting, something is happening at a heart level. 
It's not just a decision, oh, I'm going to fast today. No, 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 no. It's about God doing something in our hearts, and it's a response to what He is doing and saying. I've already said it, 2020, I don't know about for you, but for me, it can't be business as usual this year. This needs to be a significantly different year. I'm hoping that people are feeling the same thing and are want to go on this journey. What does it say that they did here? They fasted with weeping, with wailing. They put on sackcloth. They were distressed. And then it says in Esther chapter 4, verses 15 to 16, then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. She recognized that a difficult task lay ahead of her. Not only did she fast, but she asked if the whole of the Jewish people would fast. What does that word mean? The word here, fast, is the Hebrew word is sum, which means to, it means to cover the mouth. It means that nothing goes in. And so when we're talking about fasting, we're talking about what Esther's talking about here. Don't eat. She also went as far as to say, don't drink. For three days, it's very specific. But it was for a definite purpose, a very definite purpose. Prior to a massive life or death situation, entering the king's presence for which she could have been executed. In this little booklet here. I will try and explain a little bit more about 21 days of prayer and the fasting. We'll talk about one days of prayer and fast. There's some things in this about Abraham. 21 days of prayer and fasting starts today. And I am not telling anybody what to do. It's not my place to tell you as an individual what to do. What I am doing as the leader of this church is asking you if you will walk this journey with the leadership. Will you walk this journey with the leadership? Will you allow your response to affect the things that you put in your diary? This says here on this page all the different areas that we're going to be praying into over the next 21 days, starting with the senior pastor and his family. And Steve's going to come and pray in just a little second. He's got treasure talks, treasure kids. But then on the Wednesday, we're going to have a time together in the church to pray. So for the next 21 days, all our weekly activities, whether it's prayer groups, connect groups, uh, treasure kids, oxygen, all these things are set aside for 21 days so that we can come together as a church to pray fast. And I'm encouraging us on the Wednesday have to have fasted that day when we come. If you're not used to fasting, then just select one particular meal. I'm suggesting from six o'clock on Tuesday night through to six o'clock on Wednesday. That's breakfast and lunch, okay? 
If you're not used to fasting, just select one of them. But what I would encourage you to do is whatever you agree in your heart before God to do, stick to that. It's not an agreement with me. This is an, ag- an agreement with God. But I'm encouraging us to, to, to take a couple of days during the week over the next three weeks to fast, just to abstain from food. So on the Wednesday, we'll focus as we come to worship, we'll focus on the presence of God, we'll pray, and we'll be seeking God's presence. Because do you know what? Without His presence, we're just gathering for the sake of gathering. It's His presence that changes things. On the Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock, so it'll be 7.30 on a Wednesday night, on the Saturday, 8 o'clock in the morning, then we'll focus on needs in the church, people who need a breakthrough, people who need a touch from God. On the Wednesday nights, come expecting, okay? Come expecting. Come expecting to meet God. Come expecting His presence in this place. Come to meet with Him. 21 days is a number that I associate with breakthrough. And I really feel that this is what God is saying at the start of this year that we need to focus in and do. You'll get a copy of this in just a little second or two. What's moving you to pray and fast and to seek God? For me, it's about this can't be business as usual. I can't keep doing the same things and expecting different results. I can't do it. Doesn't work in the natural, doesn't work in the spiritual. And I do want to share about the vision of the church, but there's a timing in that. But there is a time now to forget the former things. A time to seek God for streams in the desert. And that means His presence in all that we are and all that we do. I mentioned before a quote from a book by Craig Grishel that really struck me, mostly because of the timing of reading this particular part of the book. On page 42, it says, Without vision, people become comfortable with the status quo. Later, they grow to love the status quo. Eventually, they will give their best to protect what is, never dreaming of what could or should be. Are we comfortable as a church? Do we love that comfort? Do we protect that comfort? Have we stopped the dreaming of what should be and what could be? 2020 needs to be a different year. We're entering into a new season. It's not business as usual. We can't keep doing the same things. And as the leader of this local church, I can no longer accept the status quo. I can't accept it any longer. I said to you last year, I said through there, and Robert nearly had a heart attack, I said, I've come to an end. I've come to an end of sorts. I can't keep doing the same things the same way. I'm fed up with the status quo. You see, there are people in our community who have not heard about Jesus. There are people in our community who have never given their lives to Jesus and never been changed by His power. It's not good enough. The church is here to be salt and light, to be an impact and an influence in our community. We can't accept the status quo any longer. And I urge us as the church to engage in 21 days of prayer. 
Do you know what? We'll hand these out at the end, okay? Steve, I'm going to ask if you could come and pray uh, for myself uh, and my family. Um, just as, you know, as we begin 21 days of prayer, you know, the enemy is out to get us at every turn and we need to really seek God uh, for, for protection for each of us. No, it's okay. I'll come, Mary. You guys can sit there. It's okay. together. Nice to stand. Let's stand together. That'll be good. Thank you. Father, we come uh, as a church together uh, to pray for Steve and Mary and Sarah and Josh. Father, we thank you for the, the passion that they have to see Jesus be glorified in this place. And Lord, we come and we want to support them and we want to stand with them as a church. Father, we recognize that they have taken the responsibility of the helm of the church, but Lord, they are holding on to you mm. at the very front of that, Lord. You, they're holding on to you. They're looking for your guidance, for your leading, for your direction. Father, I pray that we would uh, trust, Lord, we trust you, but we would trust them that they would hear from you and that we would be supportive as a church. Father, I pray for the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Lord, let there be unity in this fellowship. Lord, we pray for the presence of God. We pray for the blessing of God for Steve and for Mary and for uh, Josh and for Sarah. We pray for your guiding hand. We pray for your leading. We pray for the fire of God to come upon them and rise up within them. We pray for that Holy Spirit passion to be flowing through them, that, Lord, we wouldn't be singing songs about uh, miracles, but we would be seeing them. Yeah. We'd be seeing them with our own eyes. Mm -hmm. Lord, that we would be praying for people and seeing them recover. Lord, we pray that your Spirit will move upon this church. We pray the blessing of God over this family. We pray, we want to encourage them, and I pray that the church and the body would be an encouragement mm. to them. Lord, I pray, help us to get behind them. Help us to show them our support, that we're standing with them, that we're in this together, that we wouldn't want the status quo either, that we would want to see the best for this church, and the best is you all the way. It's you and your presence and your power and your direction. So, Lord, we ask all these things in your wonderful name. Bless this family. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, amen. Amen. Thank you.